Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Atomic Weight of Cheese with your hosts, Mike Bakovin, Chad Planbeck, and Stephanie Romanski. No, well, the toilet, yeah. yeah oh, not yeah. the toilet, the bathtub. Oh, God. You want to hear how I yeah, use right. the tub? All right, set it up. Okay. <laughs> so, turn 50, time to get a colonoscopy, and I procrastinated and procrastinated and procrastinated, basically pushed it off until the last day of the year. Uh, I had to do it in Lincoln. Um, and so, my sister drove me up, and we spent the night in a hotel. Okay, and do you, do you every, have anyone, your own room? We had we had separate rooms, <laughs> and anyone will tell you that if you have to have a colonoscopy, the pre prep stuff is infinitely worse than the procedure itself. Okay, they are all they are very right. Okay, if this all is right. true. Confirmed. Confirmed. Because pre op for a colonoscopy is you have to drink this ungodly, ghastly <laughs> liquid syrup. It's okay. like cough syrup, like a full a full jug of cough syrup. Ugh. Okay, with it, like I think you're supposed to do it in an hour, and you can mix it whatever, basically whatever you want, as long as it's not red, blue, or purple. <laughs> okay, because they mistake that for blood when they stick the camera up your ass. Okay, oh, God. so I, I did this with like lemon lime Gatorade. Okay, did it work? And I didn't, I didn't fuck around. I was like, chug it, chugged it. Uh-huh. Okay, so you're sitting in the hotel, and it's like. 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half hours. Like, I don't think this is working. 40 minutes. Uh, oh, here we go. There go. And there it was. And the bottom sort of fell out. <laughs> and so we're about, because you got to do this twice, right? You got to do it like, yeah, you basically got to do it like five o'clock. You can't have anything to eat all day. You got to do it like five o'clock, do it. And that sort of starts to purge. And then you're supposed to take another dose four hours before the procedure, which is like, my procedure was like at eight in the morning, so I had to do this again like at four a.m. Yeah. So we're about two hours into the purge, and not to get too graphic or gross, but we've already committed down to water and foam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Which is but, what they want. And then they keep wanting. They say like, keep drinking, keep drinking, keep drinking. So you're drinking all night too. This is about three hours into the first dose, and it's like, oh, here it comes again. So it's like, get up and go to the go to the bathroom. It's like, God, I gotta pee too. So I go drop my pants and I go to pee and it's like, uh oh. And, oh, and no. at this point, it's like, you're not going to make it. You're not going to be able to, you don't have enough time. You're not going to be able to spin around and get in the toilet. Okay. So it's like, quick thinking. Quick, on, quick thinking. So it's like, I remember like in like one motion, reaching back with my right hand, grabbing the shower curtain and throwing it aside and pivoting on my right heel. Spinning around and violently discharging a bunch of water and foam into the bathtub. But it was that or shitting on the floor. (laughs) So what would you do? Option A, shit on the floor. Shit on the floor, because then if you choose option A, then you have to clean up. Okay? (laughs) And then you might not make that. Right, right. But again, at this point, like I said, you're just pooping water. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so it was. They just turned the bathtub on. It was cleaned up. It was leggedy split. It was fine. Well, I remember you texting me. I christened the tub, and I said, "Bet you didn't." <laughs> Hotels are disgusting places. Bet you. Bet you. You're not the first person to take a shit in that tub. <laughs> so hate to be it was gross. So funny. It's like I just go like it was like a ninja move. It's like <laughs> swipe pivot. <laughs> Sunny Chiva's got nothing right, on you. Right. <laughs> Oh, right. no. Right. Smash that dude's head. So. I'm not going to say everything come out okay, but the procedure went well. <laughs> the procedure and was you, fine. You are in relative good health as far My as My intestines your... are full of staples. They, they found a couple of things they didn't think it was anything to be worried about. Biopsy still pending. Hooray. So, well, no, it's not good. It's still pending, but you, you, right. you, you no, he, like I said, the, the, talking to the guy afterwards, he says, I, I don't think there's anything to worry about here. So. Hooray. But. That's so, yeah. great news. And you know, you what you got in and the hospital wasn't overdone and no, you know, no, it was like I said, it was pretty much, it was pretty much empty. So that's fantastic. In and out. Like I said, I think, yeah, the craziest thing is it's like the procedure was at eight. It was done by nine and we were on the road home by nine 30. Jeez. Yeah. Did, did they give you like that twilight stuff or were you conscious the whole time? No, I was out. Yeah. That's another thing that's like, you know, um, cause you're sitting there and they give you like forced oxygen Yeah. and like, we're going to give you some drugs. And I remember because I've had like three surgeries in my life, and you kind of remember where you sort of fade out. Yeah. But I just remember the, the, the drugs starting to kick in, and they're like, "Okay, let's go," and everything. And I remember like thinking, like for two seconds, like, 
wait, it's not working because I hadn't fallen asleep yet. Right. And then, bam, I was out. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're getting poked by a nurse. Mr. Blyback, Mr. Blyback, wake up, wake up, wake up. And there's like, poop everywhere. What happened? It's like, did I poop on anybody? And because uh, that was my that was my big fear. It's like you're gonna shit all over everything. Yeah. But there was nothing left. But so so yeah. So you did it right. Yeah. So yeah, if you guys haven't had one yet, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the, like the, the prep is the worst. All right. Can't wait. So it's gonna be fantastic. Yeah. And on that note, welcome to the Atomic Way to Cheese. If you're still here, thank you. <laughs> we appreciate our loyal listenership, however they, however they, however uh, we come in media res. But you're at the podcast where uh, real life is called cinema, and called cinema is frequently real life. I'm Mike. And uh, yeah, it was the bathtub <laughs> or the floor. Hiya, hiya. <laughs> Well, among the many things that uh, Chad has done for the first time <laughs> this uh, this year, the uh, year of our Lord twenty twenty two, was he caught up with a piece of cult cinema that I figured would have been right up your alley, and that I think we have a uh, a good discussion to be had about. You watched <laughs> Gremlins two for the first time. That's true. All right. So, do you want to hit us with the story about why? Someone who has uh, who brought us Turkish Star Wars had not seen Gremlins <laughs> two until this point. Okay, this is a very long story. All right. Okay. Uh, this so is so I took this phone. Yeah. So yeah. No. Yeah. I pooped myself to death. No. Um. Okay. This is this is like a very dark period in my nerddom. Okay. Um, this is probably back in 85, 86. Because what? Gremlins 2 came out in 88, 88 right? Yeah. Same year as Ghostbusters 2, okay. Total Recall, and some okay. of those movies. So, look, you, you, sorry for those not playing at home or whatever, but back in the day, I was a nerdling. Okay. Uh, my bedroom, basically two walls, pasted in comics. Yep. Uh, and the rest of it is like monsters and movies that I liked. At the time, it's like Indiana Jones. Uh, you know, pictures of the Wolfman, Frankenstein, you know, anything and everything. Um, just basically nerd, okay? And I remember it was a holiday. I think it was the 4th of July. And we had a bunch of relatives coming in for the holiday. And one of them was my cousin who had a new boyfriend who was a divorcee and had a kid who was the same age as me. Ooh-hoo. And uh, they're from Kansas City, Missouri side. <laughs> so the kid... Didn't want to be in the middle of Sticksville, where I'm from. Didn't want to be there. I really didn't want him there. And so he's supposed to hang out with me. And he looks at my 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 sanctum sanctorum mm-hmm. or whatever. And he immediately starts making fun of me. Ah. And, um, and it's like, how come you got pictures of guys all over your wall? Where are the girls? Bleh. And I want to make this perfectly clear. This guy's definition of cool, he fancied himself as an amateur magician. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So, yeah, our 4th of July was fireworks and this numbnuts doing card tricks. Okay. So, so anyway, so it, it kind of got under my skin a little bit. And I remember, because, like, I'm like 15 or 16 now. Right. Okay. And going to school, and then this is still going in the back of my brain. And I kind of noticed, like, all my friends really aren't paying attention to the stuff that, you know, this stuff anymore. You know, they're growing up, moving on. Cars, right. girls, whatever. Right, right, right. And so I realized I'm sort of behind the times. And so I immediately start overcompensating. Okay? Okay. And so all that shit comes down, and it's all beer posters, bikinis, hmm. and still some comic books. Okay? But, you know, all the toys got put away. Everything else, it's like, okay. You know, I get it. We're supposed to grow up and move on. So it comes to the point where Gremlins 2 comes out. Right. Fuck, that's kid shit. I ain't going to that. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Huh. And this is all before that magical time that I imagine most of us, most of us have had. Right. Where you realize, wait, I can like what I want and no one can tell me what I can do. Right. No, because I, 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 am, I am a follower. I'm, I'm, I'm horrible about this kind of thing. And I freely admit I have a horrible case of arrested development, obviously. Sure. <laughs> but it's just like it was sort of a, I don't know, but I wouldn't call it a reality check or anything, but it's just I started getting worried. So again, it's kind of overcompensated and started getting into cars and sports and other things, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like being a grown up. Okay. And this went on for five, six years, probably. 
And I realized, you know, none of this is really making me happy. What was making me happy was that other stuff. And a lot of it, you know, with the invention of home video and everything. So you kind of threw yourself into movies, which is sort of a compromise at the time between, you know, the old school nerd and this and this new nerddom or right, whatever. Right. And so, so yeah, I didn't really embrace full nerddom again until like, I think until I moved here. Huh. And like. I don't know, 2000, you know, it was like 1999. Huh. So. So Gremlins 2 was like a talisman of that time. Right. And just never got around to it because right. it reminded you of that, of that whole magician. <laughs> that, yeah. The amateur magician who thought I wasn't cool. <laughs> oh, that's the best. That's so, a great story. Now, is there any other Joe Dante movie you have not seen? The, I don't think so. The Howling uh, uh, Mant or what? No, matinee, no, matinee. Uh, I saw Matinee. Uh, saw you know, saw all, saw Inner Space. Right, right. Saw everything, you know. I remember, yeah, I had a Gremlins poster up. I remember that too. Yeah, I had a yeah. Gremlins poster, like like Buckaroo Banzai, you know, a couple other things, you know. And like I said, it was just, it was just like I said, it was just a complete man child's bedroom. And like I said, I was like fifteen, That's I was fifteen, right. or sixteen at the time, you know. And again, I didn't know any better. <laughs> Until I got schooled <laughs> again, mm-hmm. Kansas City, Missouri side. Yeah, Missouri he knew, side. He knew what Google was. Good stuff. So, All right. Well, before we, that, that's a that's a good story, and I'm yeah. glad you eventually found happiness. Yeah. In, in, no, in, I was like, well, I figured it out. I was like, fuck it, like what you like, and no, just do it. That is a magical moment when you right. realize that. Right. You know? Yeah. But okay. So, and then suddenly that became this became cool, and it's like, when the fuck did that happen? <laughs> yeah. No How kidding. did that happen? And I remember because somebody came in, like a repairman came in and did like worked on my air conditioner, I know my heater, and he like wanted to take a tour of my house, basically. Yeah. And it's like, when did this shit become cool? Yeah, you know. And so, so yeah, so that's the story. That's why I never saw Gremlins too. So it was just sort of one of those things that, and then you kind of heard about it later, and it was like done as a goof and everything. And it's like, yeah, yeah. And so cool. Well, how about that we start off with this? We go around the horn and talk about our experience with the original Gremlins, okay. whether we like it, and then we'll dive into Gremlins 2. Steph, you've seen uh, no. both Gremlins, correct? <laughs> oh, I've no, seen oh, Gremlins, have you seen? obviously, many times, but I never saw Gremlins yeah. 2. Well, listeners, we now have a goal for this <laughs> podcast, and that is to get Steph hyped for Gremlins 2, probably one of the more unique <laughs> movies ever made. Yep. Oh my God, this movie. Okay, let's start off with Gremlins 1, though. So, so yeah, do, yeah, do, you, do you like the first Gremlins? Okay, oh, do you remember seeing it or, or, or any anything stand out about what you like? Well, about it? so many things stand out in that movie. Um, <laughs> I think I'm pretty sure I would have seen it in the theater uh, when it came out, um, but mostly I remember seeing it yeah, like the on same week um, as- VHS. On- home video right. yeah came out the same week as ghostbusters can you believe that really like the same wow. day that's yeah. insane yeah yeah wow see i remember my my father tells me this story i don't remember it but in 80 so when did the first Gremlins come out 84? 84 yeah so i would have been seven okay and he said that he remembers peeling me out from under the seat <laughs> Because I crawled under the seat and stayed there for, they, for most of the movie, right? Six or spots. seven years old, right, right. That's like the birth of PG-13, right? There's like, yeah, it was that like, and uh, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom and Dreamscape. Yeah, but uh, ever since, it's like, it, it, I, I love that movie just because mainstream movies aren't that mean anymore. Right. You know, it's like you could get away with being being real mean, but also mischievous. And it struck a very different tone than Gremlins too. Right. Let me tell you that. But um No, just the the, the fight with the mom in the oh kitchen. Oh my god. You know, the one winds up in the microwave. Mm-hmm. The other in the blender yeah. and, and like the, other in the, the juicer. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but like in the original script, the mom was supposed to die. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. supposed to get killed because like Billy was supposed to come home and like her head was supposed to roll down the steps. Yeah. And Stripe was supposed to put the big knife. Blah! You know, I was like, okay. <laughs> so but they decided to tone that down because, you know, Spielberg produced it. It's yeah. Like... Well, I, you know, at the end of the day, I think that was probably the oh, right sure, call to not sure. turn it into a hardcore head sure, rolling horror sure. movie. But the, um, I also remember really liking the scope of it. Mm-hmm. It's like when, when they knocked the gremlin in the swimming pool. Yeah. And, and it's like, I love those moments in cinema where you know something and maybe the 
characters know it, maybe they don't, but you just suddenly realize, oh crap, we just entered Act Three. Things are going to get real big, real bad, real fast. You know, I I love those moments. Sure. And uh, uh, when the gremlin falls in the swimming pool, I just remember just endless like, oh, here we go. You know, and and when I got older and peeled myself out from under the sea, right, right, right. Okay, because yeah, because like yeah, because they they basically that, that the to me was woman. the best yeah. death uh, in the uh, whole but, thing. Right, because <laughs> she was a villainess. Right, but then they also they killed a science teacher, mm-hmm. and probably hundreds, if not at least yeah. hundreds, of other townsfolk during yep. that rampage. Right. Yep. So can can I also say because I know he listens, our good friend Jim Pole a couple of weeks ago uh, during the Christmas season posted Phoebe Kate's speech about <laughs> Dad getting stuck in the chimney <laughs> just without explanation on yep. his Facebook page and got like twelve fifteen people saying, "Oh no, Jim, I'm so sorry." <laughs> I know I got it, and like I made some comment, on it. and uh, and, so and that comes back in the second one too, which I it think does. is hysterical. In, yeah. in such we'll a get to it. We'll get, we'll get to, to it. it. Yeah. So anyway, I think that goes around to say the the, the first Gremlins movie, high high grade, uh, Amblin mean, yeah, fun, good stuff all the way around. And it's crushing on Phoebe Kate so hard. Oh, I mean, think about it. I'm sure all people have like the same experience of like running Fast Times are written mm-hmm. high. And you get to that one scene, mm-hmm. and the tape is always crinkled because everybody's <laughs> paws on it. You know, that's when your tracking goes completely AWOL and you can't see it anymore. But, I never understood why but it's she, not, but why it's she not was quit. a bigger actor. It's not so much when she comes out. And, oh, did you? And bears all, yeah, it bears, yeah, it bears all. It's like when she comes up and she smiles. That's yeah. what melts my yeah. knees because yeah. she is gorgeous. Um, I believe stuff? to raise a family. Isn't she married? Oh, She's married her. to. Um, Kevin Klein, yeah. Kevin Klein, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Fish owner from Bob's Burgers, right? Yeah, I think like one of the last things I remember her in was like what that Drop Dead Fred. Yeah, yeah. Which, by the way, if if neither of you have listened to the uh, how did this get made about Drop Dead Fred, they uh, sharply divided the panel and they created T-shirts that said Team Fred and Team <sighs> Sanity. And so they they basically got in a huge fight about whether Drop Dead Fred is a total misfire. Is that Rick, Rick Mayo? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, total misfire that didn't do what it is intended to do, or whether it was a beautiful, poignant uh, uh, metaphor for a girl getting in touch with her id. And they have like this absolutely amazing fight about it. It's really I, worth listening to if you haven't. It's one of those ones like I remember like the previous four, and it's like nope. And then I think I saw it on cable one time. I was like yeah, that wasn't that yeah, terrible. Yeah, it had a brain in it. I know. You know it's like. I think it had something to say, and I thought it said it pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, listen to that podcast. Okay. Okay, so Gremlins 2. So for Steph, who has never seen this, and Chad, who has just seen it, I've lived with this movie in my head since um, (laughs) 1988. I'm uh, going to summarize it this way and say the movie begins with a Looney Tunes cartoon. And then picks it up about a third of the way through the movie and doesn't stop. You know, well, Seriously, it begins yeah. with Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the thing about Joe Dante, if you listen to him talk about his career, he went to college. He wanted to be a cartoonist. Hmm. He wanted to do cartoons. And it's like you can kind of see that in his movies because there is there is a definitely like a Warner Brothers, Termite Terror, Looney Tunes. Yeah feel to a lot of his chaos yep and so you definitely get that but in a fantastic way though i mean right. he understands the 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 chuck jones not just style but like the sense of humor which i've always argued is like this extremely specific thing yeah. that you know i remember when i was a well, kid Jones did the cartoons yeah yeah for the bookends of the film so mm-hmm. anyway go ahead yeah. sorry but i remember when i was a kid watching looney tunes and like loving them and then watching a mickey mouse cartoon and going this isn't funny what is this <laughs> Why why isn't this like Looney Tunes? And I kind of equated cartoons yeah. with Looney Tunes and then they weren't like that. And it's like only when you get older do you realize, oh wait, this is an extremely specific and and powerful comic sensibility sure, that's in sure. front of you. And you need to understand and respect the artistry that went into these friggin' jokes because they're so good. Yep. But anyway, the movie starts with Bugs and Daffy fighting over the Warner Brothers shield. We then pick up where uh, uh, little Billy Peltzer yep. is uh, in New York trying Living- Living in New York. Yeah, yeah. with with what's her character? Oh, Phoebe Cates. I don't Phoebe, Phoebe Cates. All right, Phoebe Cates. <laughs> yeah, Billy Peltzer and Phoebe Cates <laughs> are living together in New York, uh, and uh, working in this giant automated office building run by Mister Clamp. It's basically <laughs> Trump. Yeah, right? it's well, it's a it's a mixture of Trump. I think it was more Ted Turner at the time. Okay, I think the Clamp sure. thing was real Trumpy, but the guy ran a network and colorizing like, everything. Colorizing everything. It was yeah. like I remember that was the one thing with like. 
tonight, Casablanca. Now, now in, in color, color with a happier ending. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Okay, I'm I'm gonna back up just a second, but okay. I'm gonna say this probably a hundred times. But the thing that struck me about this Gremlins two is I could draw a straight line between Gremlins two and Shaun of the Dead in terms of Edgar Wright's filmmaking. It wouldn't surprise me if this was one of his favorite favorite movies because every second is a moment for a joke. It's like sure. where can we throw a joke? Sure. So even though it goes full Looney Tunes, at one point we meet a uh, uh, Julia Child's character. Right. right, who's who? The gremlins are eventually going to come in and terrorize. Right. But before, in like the ten seconds before we meet her, she's drinking cooking sherry straight from the bottle, <laughs> slurring her words and falling all over the place. Right. I mean, you know, and and making not just tuna noodle surpri- surprise, but powdered tuna noodle product <laughs> surprise. Right? right, I mean, like every single right. thing in this movie is a joke, and they just uh, cram jokes in there. And in I was, a giant I was, volume. I was laughing because like the director behind the panel in the control booth, Joe Dante. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's no, it's funny because you got her, you got like Grandpa Munster, and then also you got Christopher Lee running a genetics lab <laughs> yep, in, in the, you've in, got, on some floor. You've and, got uh, Gomez Adams uh, right. actually causing all the problems. Right. Because right. he's a repairman who yeah, fixes so, a yeah, water okay. fountain and gets it all over the Right, right, right. So like, yeah. let's, let's recap for those like, okay. maybe who don't let's know. What, no, no, yeah. no, no. It's like, what are the three rules? Okay, the three rules of Gremlins. Yes. Steph, do you don't feed them after midnight. Okay. No. Don't get them wet. Right. right. That's the big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot the third. Sunlight. Sunlight. That's right. Sunlight. Sunlight. Thank Sunlight you. kills them. Water makes them multiply. Feeding them after midnight turns them into nasty gremlins. Right. So because we start off with mogwais, who are these cute little fur balls. Right. And uh, I should probably back up and say the movie starts with uh, with uh, Gizmo. Right. From the first one, uh, back in his cage at the at the, uh, uh, the curio, the curio shop. shop. Right. Because Cramp wants the property <laughs> right. to build his new Chinatown. Right. 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 Okay. And in in kind of a, a terrible plot device, uh, the the old, the old man. Dies. <laughs> there are those. There the bil- are a lot of those. The building gets torn film. down. Gizmo runs away from the the giant terrible machines, only to be picked up by two twin geneticists who were just happen to guys. be walking by. You see them in like they were in Good Morning Vietnam. You remember they were the yep. censors. Yep. They those were, two guys. They were in Terminator Two. Oh, they right. were the yeah. They, Tim Burton the uses them a lot too. Those two guys. Yep. Those yep. two guys. Yeah. The twins. Yep. So anyway, Gizmo is now in the hands of evil geneticists who are living in the clamp office building. Christopher Lee! Yeah, Christopher Lee. How awesome is that? Who's walking around trying to get germs for us. Right. All kinds of, yeah, he like, takes the Kleenex for him. Yeah. Like, oh. plague. I already have the plague. What must a man do to get some fresh germs around here? Right. But so anyway, Billy is working in the office building. He and Gizmo obviously cross paths. He hears someone whistling Gizmo's tune, goes yeah. and finds him, rescues him from the genetic lab. Hooray! He's a hero. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, Billy is also being seduced by his uh, boss. Boss, who is a pencil skirt wearing, flaming red hair, chain, chain smoking New Yorker with glasses. Who I didn't know, I guess, was a thing I liked till I rewatched oh, ah! this movie and was like, sure. "Whoa, what? Sure. The, where was this?" <laughs> When she turns to him at the end, do you work for me? Yes, sir. Very, very hard. I'm like, anyway, um, here and over there. Like happy dog. Exactly. Um, so Billy rescues Gizmo. Has to run off with his boss, who is trying to. They go to the Canadian restaurant. Oh my god. They, like I said, they just some chocolate mousse. It's a chocolate mousse. Come on, that's funny. You're like another Molson. They're all dressed as Mounties. Yeah, just jokes upon jokes upon yeah, jokes. Yeah. Um, uh, Sean Astin comes by, fixes the water fountain, accidentally hits Gizmo with water. There are suddenly uh, six or seven little fuzzy gremlins who right. are mean-looking bouncing around. Right, okay, let's talk about this for a minute. Because like in the first one, Chris Wayless did the effects. Right. And apparently it was a giant pain in the ass. And and basically, uh, if I remember, like as the story goes, Gremlins was an, a kind of an unexpected hit. Mm-hmm. It did really well, and the studio immediately wanted to make the second one. They went back to Joe Dante, and he said, "Hell no!" He had enough of fucking around with puppets. It's right, like, right. No. Didn't like the effects. Didn't, and and no, he just didn't want to put that much time and effort mm-hmm. in anything like that. And so it sort of went more about. And then finally, at some point, they basically says, "Okay, we'll write you a check, do whatever the hell you want, just give us a Gremlins too." <laughs> oh, and as the legend goes. The reason Gremlins 2 is so chaotic and nonsensical was it was part of a plan to make sure that there was never, ever a Gremlins 3. 
Okay, I have a lot to say about. Okay, this but anyway, so but to do the effects for the next one, Rick Baker did that, and I want to. That's very more cartoony, but all of the because there's like five of them to begin with, right? Yeah. Because you have that like crazy googly eyed one, one, you had the you mean get... one, sort of the fat one. Mm-hmm. But like I said they're all done by Rick Baker, and like I said they're very cartoony, and it's kind of astounding. Yeah, how and well they're very distinctive. Yes, yeah, it's very distinctive. You can tell them apart. And at, at one just point, goes crazy. Yeah, I remember at one point as a joke, or uh, one of the jokes is Phoebe Cates takes home one of the evil ones, thinks, thinking it's, Think gizmo, it's gizmo, but it's not. It's like this googly eyed one. Yeah. And at one yeah, point, her free her PTSD freak out yeah. about the Mogwai being back. It's like no. Yeah. And so, at one point, she picks it up and it just starts laughing so fast, <laughs> like 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 uh, Looney Tunes, like right. and and it's like it's like its Dabby Duck dude yeah. losing his shit. And exactly. So it's just fun. It's very fun. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the gremlins in the office building then break into a yogurt bar right. <laughs> after midnight, <laughs> eat all the yogurt stuff, yep. and uh, uh, start becoming gremlins. So, yep. so there we go. There's thousands in the building now. Well, not yet, because there are only six. Then they break into the Julia Child show. They set off the, the micro- fire alarm. Yeah, That's they right. set off the fire alarm that goes off, and then there the are sprinklers go, and right. then there's thousands of them. And, of course, right. they also break into that genetics lab. And they start injecting themselves See, with... Now, okay, the second we get more than six gremlins, that's when the movie officially gets on the Looney Tunes train, right. in my opinion. Because I think that the plot is fairly decent up until that point. Yeah. I mean, you're reintroducing Mr. Futterman, the great Dick Miller, yep. and his wife. You're establishing character. You're getting a setting. You're doing all... You know, people have problems yeah. and all this stuff. And after you get more than six gremlins, it's just like... Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Right, and it's all unrepentantly silly. Yes. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that, but the film is very silly. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, Steph, at one point, let, let's see if I can tempt you with these sorts of things. At one point, <laughs> the gremlins break into a genetic lab and just start injecting themselves with all sorts of stuff. Right. So you get uh, a fruit gremlin, <laughs> a gremlin that sprouts gr- fruit on its face. You get a bat gremlin who later flies into uh, cement. cement and becomes a gargoyle. <laughs> you have a... An overt, true. an overt lady gremlin with right. like big red lipstick who walks around going wah, 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 all the time. Oh yeah, because with Robert Picardo. <laughs> yeah, Robert right. Picardo. Who, by the way, knows the assignment. Everybody yep. in this movie knows the assignment really yep. well. Yep. You get a lightning gremlin. You get a uh, uh, spider gremlin. Spider gremlin, which is like the big bad guy. Yep. And then you get the brain gremlin bo- voiced by Tony, Tony Randall. Randall <laughs> who... Tony Randall. So at one point, he's great. Drinks this concoction, goes, bleh, bleh, falls yep. over, and then goes, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in this room right now because there are some amazing ramifications for the future. And then it just goes. Yeah. Um, at one point, it's being interviewed by Grandpa Munster. Don't ask how we ended yeah. up with that. Um, that was another one of the shows, was like a creature feature. Yeah, because show. there's an entire cable network housed yep. in this office yep. building. And so uh, that that sets the, the tone for a lot of. Yeah, lot of it was like the building of the future that was already plagued with a bunch of problems already yeah. before the gremlin showed up, which yeah. made it infinitely worse. Mm-hmm. So, but. but yeah. But then there are just millions of gremlins doing all sorts of crazy shit for probably 45 minutes. And yep. that, that's like, you know, yep. like Chad said, unrepentantly silly. And then and at, also putting Gizmo through all kinds of hell. Oh, yeah, they torture this cute little thing. Which I for like, think yeah. is sort of a uh, poke in the eye but from Dante himself from having to deal with that thing in the first movie. <laughs> I swear to God, that has something to do with it. On some subconscious level, yeah. that's the reason why they put uh, poor Gizmo through all kinds of hell. But okay, did his you- turn. When he goes all Rambo, he goes Rambo, yeah. Because he watched, he's like watched First Blood or, or no second one, second one because he was he had those explosive <laughs> arrow tips or whatever. The amazing named Rambo First Blood Part yeah. Two. Because yeah. when he goes, he has a tra- Gizmo has a training montage. He does where he's trying to work out weights and weights and, weights and stuff, and of course this all goes staggeringly awry every time. But finally, he gets to the point where, but then they cut to him and they zoom into him when he's in the air vent. He's got the bandana <laughs> yeah, on yeah. and he's got the bow and arrow. And my God, he looks like Stallone. <laughs> I swear to God, look at that again. Well, he zoom in on him, and he's got that little curl thing, he's got that little sneer thing, and it's like, holy shit, it's Rambo. And so, and so, so Gizmo kind of starts leading the resistance against the gremlins infestation. Right. Meantime, so is Billy's trying to get gets in touch with Clamp. Yep. And then yep. also uh, Phoebe winds up back in the building. So, so Clamp is the guy who uh what was he in he was in uh, he he played lex Luthor's it's one dad of those, in yeah, yeah it's one um, of those guys he was uh, the older savannah in shazam 
Yeah. Um, I wish he's I one of those guys. He's, he's, been been around he's in everything. There's only some online database we can consult. Okay, keep talking. I'm gonna look it up. But anyway, he, he like I said, everybody knows the assignment, but it gets extremely silly at the end. Uh, a team of John Glover. John Glover. Yep. At the end, a team of. Uh, 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 Billy Peltzer and Phoebe Cates and Mr. and Mrs. Futterman, played by Dick Miller, and the other uh, is his uh, wife, who's always taking pictures, yeah. and uh, uh, the boss and a couple other people get the gremlin, get all the gremlins in one spot, get them all wet, and then release the lightning gremlin, where they all explode in an ooey gooey montage of just like <laughs> goo everywhere. And uh, at one point, the the cavalry finally arrives, runs in, and slips on all the goo and on fall and hit their heads. You know, the, the original plan was to herd them all in the lobby and then like open the windows. But because, then it got overcast because yeah. it got overcast, so that didn't work. So they had to come up with Plan B, the old electronic fly trap. Yeah, where because like I said you had the lightning gremlin who somehow got in the phone line, <laughs> got stuck on hold, got stuck yep. on hold, <laughs> listening to Barry Manilow and <laughs> screaming right. about it. Yep. So, yeah, so they end up electrocuting all the gremlins, except for one, the female one. Yeah, who ends up, who ends up marrying Robert, Robert Picardo in the men's bathroom, and he, he just sort of goes with it. <laughs> it's a living. Oh, man. In a deeply creepy scene, right. probably. The, I have not amended my movie on that uh, image, yeah. but hey, yeah. uh, I'm not Joe Dante. So here's the main thing I want to talk about. What is Joe Dante's problem? Because I understand if you didn't like making the movie, fine. Okay. No one is, A, no one is forcing you to make Gremlins 2, right? B, you could hand it off to somebody else if you wanted to do that, and it would be fine. Two, if you made it, (laughs) to not make a Gremlins 3 after making Gremlins 2, which was so specifically you... So it is an art, even though it's super goofy, it is an artistic statement. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. It's a super art, super specific artistic statement. Yeah. What are you bitching about? Why are you complaining so much? You ma- They gave you a blank check to make a movie you wanted to make and you made it and it's great. What's the problem? Well, I think, you know, a lot of, because um, he came out of the Corman school. Right. Where he basically kind of hands off, keep it on budget and do whatever the hell you want. And by the way, I want to throw out Gremlins 2 was one of the most expensive movies ever made when it came out. I can believe that. That and Total Recall was like a summer of like yeah. ninety million dollars. I was the, the effects like, budget. The, yeah, the effects budget on that had to have been out incredible. Mm-hmm. And so, and I know he had a lot of like studio decorating with a lot of his films. Is like I think we talked about before with like Explorers. I don't did that come out? That came out before. Yeah, Explorers too. Before that's like where years. basically they shut down the, the they didn't have an ending because they shut down the the production and basically released it as is. Yeah. And so he's kind of gone through that and like I think Matinee was kind of the same way. There was sort I of Matinee ended fine. Matinee, Matinee ended fine, but like there was like some weird studio shit going on. Sure. Same thing with like uh, I think the, his Looney Tunes movie, which I thought was really good. By I the did way. too, but again, it just the studio didn't have the studio was more interested in making Space Jam two ah. instead of like an actual authentic bona fide Looney Tune movie. I thought he got pretty close. I thought he did too, and like I said I really like Back in Action. I, I did thought Back too. in Action is pretty damn funny. But like I said I'm a huge Joe Dante fan. Mm-hmm. But it's just it's just amazing. He's just another one of those directors like John Carpenter, where an occasional hit on the big screen, but most of his stuff is just forms a cult <laughs> later on video. Yeah, you know, because um, what his hits are what Gremlins, Interspace, mm-hmm. Interspace, okay. but Interspace didn't do that great oh. because he because he well he says like because the studio didn't sell it right, you know because he he was basically says it was like a Martin and Lewis movie. With yeah. Dennis, Dennis Quaid was Dean Martin, Martin and yeah. Martin Short was Jerry Lewis, and but they sell those big science fiction film, which which it is because it, God, is they it, they inject the guy inside the other guy. I was about to say, is it wrong to say that it's kind of both? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I, I again, it's another one of those guys. Like I cannot believe that he's not bigger than he is, you know? Because yeah. it, it's like I think I've liked everything that he's done, like some of his later stuff is like I don't know, but but. Because like a lot of his later stuff to me is, is like uh, burying the axe. I don't know if you saw that. Mm-hmm. It's like that felt like one big inside joke that I wasn't privy to. Yeah, it's like that's a it was a very L.A. movie, and it's like if you're not immersed that much in L.A. culture, half the shit's just gonna go over your head. Yeah. Well, here's here's the thing. It's like Gremlins two in some ways is a giant inside joke too. 
Right. I mean, if you're not privy to Looney Tunes or if that's not your sense of humor, I could see you watching this movie and going, what the hell is this? Right. No, I said that, that I said, I think I said it when I commented after I watched it, it's not much of a movie, but as a study in pure anarchy, it's kind of brilliant. Yeah. Because it's all, it's just like a, a string of vignettes to get from A to B to C and set up these gags. That's all it is. But again, that's kind of what a Looney Tune, mm-hmm. you know, what a, or a Merry Melody is. Right. And so if that, that was his end goal, it's like mission accomplished completely. Again, a art, a very specific artistic statement executed well and committed to film. What right. are, what more do you want, dude? Right. right. <laughs> That's my argument. Yeah. And so he that, also, you know, and anyway, he, he he strikes me as kind of a grumpy dude anyway. And maybe he was he was made that way through years of studio dickery, but I don't know. I think that's case. probably some of it, you know. But he's one of those guys too. As like as as a film historian, I don't think he has very many peers. Mm-hmm. And um, like I said, I can I can listen to that guy talk about movies. I can listen to him crack on Corman forever, you know. And like I said, I really like the guy. It's one of the, he's one of those ones that I think you could actually have a conversation with mm. and not want to punch them like within ten minutes. Right, right. You know, or um, it just yeah. Because that's just that's just the way I feel. Okay. So, so do st- I regret waiting that long to see it? Eh, a little, but it was fun. I yeah. enjoyed it a lot. So, Steph, if we <laughs> haven't so- if we haven't sold you on the movie so far, let me do one more okay. scene for you to see if it works. Okay. <laughs> All right. So at one point, they're in the middle of a dramatic scene where something is happening with the characters, and they're like, "We need to go do this in order to do this," and then the film breaks. <laughs> and <That's right. laughs> They start uh, appear to be behind the the camera go- making shadow puppets, yep. and then they cut to a scene where angry people are in the lobby going, "I'm paying to see Paul Martell. Yeah, going yeah. on. And the manager, who is completely nonplussed, he's like, "We don't make the movies, madam." You know that sort of thing. Goes into the audience, finds WWE wrestler Hulk Hogan, and he then it's all true. He then threatens the gremlins. Rips off his shirt, screams about the gremlins uh, starting the movie again, or else Hulkster's going to come up there and show you what's what. And then they start the movie again. <laughs> it's all true. It's all true. Oh, and uh, don't forget Lincoln's birthday. Okay. <laughs> so, it, yeah, Phoebe Cates had the speech about Santa in the first one. And this one, someone mentions Abraham Lincoln, and she goes off on, don't mention Lincoln's birthday. I had a terrible thing happen on Lincoln's birthday. Basically, and like then a, they drag like her off screen, like basically. Like a, child molestation thing or something and it's it like, was really dark. it was really dark and it's like oh my god not again and then oh, they cut her off that yeah. did it that did it yeah <laughs> yeah and so the other and, thing and he said is crazy and again i'd recommend just on like the rick baker effects alone because those gremlins are kind of awesome yeah. there are some scenes where you can kind of see them where it's like okay they just glued that one to the wall because <laughs> that one doesn't move at all you know but you know most of them are just like i said it's just and here, the effects, the practical effects of the time, it's like that's a showcase, and it's yeah. wonderful. Well, and here's the thing: you've watched a million bad movies, mm-hmm. Steph. You've watched a million bad movies. I've watched a million bad movies. I made even, you watch a million bad movies. <laughs> even when we're in the middle of the chaos, there's still characters doing stuff and like recognizable things happening. I mean, it's not like they completely throw the plot up into the air and go, "We don't care anymore." At least not completely. Yeah. It sort of has a through line all the way through. It's just much more about the chaos than anything else. I yeah. think. Anyway. So what do you think? Yeah, it's about yeah, it's about it's about yeah. the gremlins. It's not about the people. Yeah, I'll see it. I'll see it. Well, yep. well, if I'd known neither of you had seen gremlins too, we would have watched it a long time ago. Because <laughs> I remember seeing that movie and being basically delighted, like right off the bat in 1988. You know, because yeah. that came out. I, I remember Gremlins two and Ghostbusters two coming out like relatively close to each other okay. as well. Okay. Yeah, I saw Ghostbusters two. I liked and, it. Yeah, it's episode. The reason you, I, I, some people like. I don't get it. I don't Eagle. get it. Um, Ghostbusters two. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> he's ego. I like him. He was good. Peter McNichol. Was yeah, he was great. And I don't know. It's um, Ghostbusters two, and not so much Gremlins two wasn't this, but like Ghostbusters two, some movies like that. The sequels, it's like just get the band back together and just let them, like just screw around and that's good enough. And it's mm-hmm. like no. You're gonna have to try a little harder, that, you know, and that's that's my because yeah, because like some films, I said yeah, you get the man back together and they strum a few chords and hey, wasn't that great? It's like you try a little harder, <laughs> maybe write something. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah. write something. <laughs> so, yeah, but but you know, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. So, so do you think there'll ever, ever be a Gremlins three? 
Um, oh, oh uh, I, I, there's already a animated series coming out on HBO no Max. No kidding. Yeah, like in a couple months. Okay. Like in 2022, there's going to be an animated huh. series. Yeah. Uh, so I know that's happening. And it would not surprise me in this age of IP uh, if it weren't shot and ready to come out pretty soon. Right. You know? It's like George Clooney starring in Gremlins. So yeah, I don't I was know. Gonna what say, cause be. What's the, what the hell? Because there was that, like, these wasn't like official Gremlins movie, but. Because there's that movie with uh, Hit Girl. What's that gal's name? Where she's she's like on oh, the Chloe on Grace the, Chloe Grace, and she's on yeah. that she's on the the bomber in World War Two, and there's a gremlin on board. Oh, rips yeah. rips yeah, and yeah. pieces. And of course, there's always a Shatner. Something's on the wing. What, was it a gremlin? Like yeah, yeah. something. Yeah, really. I like, saw like, this movie. What the hell? It, yeah, I swear to God, any more movies in one ear, not the other. But yes. Huh. Well, can can I throw one other thing? And Steph, you might appreciate this. Uh, I, I had it on decent enough authority that in the last season of Supernatural, they were trying, they did the mm-hmm. Scooby-Doo episode, you remember? And after they did the Scooby-Doo episode, Warner Brothers was, was like, well, what else do you want to mess with? And they said, Gremlins. And they said, okay. And there was uh, ah! preliminary work done to throw Sam and Dean up against the Gremlins. Oh, that would have been great. That, so. oh. that would have been fun. I would have yeah, because it would have been <laughs> Sam and Dean and Gizmo versus... Yeah. <laughs> I could I could have uh, I could have gotten down on that. Yeah, you know? I, I'm dead serious. Like watch it again and look at the scene where they cut to that air vent and Gizmo's in there. It's like, oh my god, that's Stallone. <laughs> I don't know how they sculpted that right, but they got him because he's yeah. <laughs> yep. Howie Mandel is the voice yeah. of Gizmo. That's right. Hundred percent. So. <laughs> All right. Well, that's a quick, just a quick bit on Gremlins 2. We're going to come back after the guitar noise with a couple of recommendations. Um, <laughs> hopefully, maybe a little bit more coherent, but we'll see. What happens. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. We're back, so uh, we are going to talk about things we have been watching, reading, paying attention to this last, uh, uh, however long it's been since our last podcast. I don't know. The holidays, people. Give us a little bit of a break. <laughs> uh, Chad, you've got notes. You want to go first? <laughs> okay. Uh, have you guys watched Only Murders in the Building? No. Yes. Okay. Have you watched it, Steph? Um, we would like to recommend, Chad and <laughs> okay. I would like to formally recommend that to you. It, That's pretty good. it starts good and only gets better. Yeah. Like I said, it's pretty good mystery and everything. Um, good cast. And the thing that I liked about it is, I don't know, it was like watching that apartment building. I just kept thinking of like those old Richard scary books. Mm-hmm. I just kind of, I want a vivisection of that apartment and I kind of want to see what everybody's doing. <laughs> you know, it just kind of captures that sort of thing. And the thing that reminded me of too, it's like, it reminded me of Richard scary book. And one of the few Woody Allen movies that I actually like, and I think I actually own, and that's Manhattan Murder Mystery. You ever mm-hmm. see that one? I think I have. Okay. And so it reminded me of that and everything. And so The two and... things I'll say about Only Murders in the Building is, first off, who knew Selena Gomez could hold her own with two like right. comedic legends? Yep. And she did. She did. And the other bit is, 70-plus-year-old Steve Martin did some physical comedy in the last episode that was up right. there with anything he's ever done. No spoilers, but yeah. Don't, we yeah. won't spoil it, but yeah. he does some physical comedy that is just tip freaking yeah, top. Yeah, I highly recommend it. <laughs> but the, like I said, it was, it's so weird anymore because like when I'm scrolling around trying to find something to watch, trying to find something interesting, it's like, want to watch and like click on it. It's like, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, shit, it's a series. It's like 12 episodes. Yeah. And all the way 12 up, hours, all, yeah. 12 hours and all it will do, it might resolve something, but then it'll be a tease. No, really, this is what happens. So stay tuned next season. It's like, God damn it. Or you find another thing, oh, that looks interesting. Oh, Jesus Christ, it's three hours long. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's just trying to find something. And then that was like, it was like really breezy. It just kind of went quick through. And it's like, I was entertained. And it's like, yay. Yeah. So that's up for the sequel, sure. Stuff. But the first one's resolved. We're moving on to something else. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like, f- great. Perfect. Because there's that one, like that lock and key thing. I got so pissed off at that last what, episode. What, I didn't watch that. But it's just, no, it's just one of those things that's like, 
okay, we resolved it. Oh, it was, this is this is sort of a backdoor thing. Seems popular enough. Okay, we're gonna have a second season. No, that thing that you thought you saw, that's not what happened. This is what really happened. Oh, so, and yeah. so I was like, oh, fuck you. But, yeah. So, and then also uh, did a quick catch up on a couple films from 2021 that I really wanted to see. Saw The Card Counter. I heard that's good. That's it's uh, really um, good. Paul uh, Schrader Paul Schrader, yeah. and that Oscar Isaac mm-hmm. is one handsome fellow. Mm-hmm. And he's very good in it. And it's just, it's kind of comes off like, a little bit like a Donald Westlake novel. And there's all kinds of twists and turns in it because it's like, it keeps flashing to these things. It's like, what does this have to do with anything? Because it keeps flashing to like uh, 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 a POW camp in Iraq. And it turns out like the main, you know, I don't want to spoil too much or whatever, but the main character was sort of involved in that. And he's an ex-con and he's trying to stay below the radar, but then he wants to help this other kid not go down the same path. And then it all kinds of ends in, it ends in disaster, but also like on top of eyes are asking, I want to talk about Tiffany Haddish. Okay. She's so good in it. That's fantastic. And it's, I didn't even recognize her. It's like, I should know who that is. She sounds familiar. And it's like, it's, it's Tiffany Haddish. Like she's a comedian, right? Yeah. And I've seen her in a lot of things and she's very good. She's and it's a good like, one. keep going what you're doing lady, because you are great. And then the other one that I watched was lamb. Yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, a 20. Yes. And uh, this one, 29, whatever yeah, the number it's, is. it's like Scandinavian based in Scandinavian folklore. And they sort of spoil a little bit in the trailers. So I don't think it too much, but the, this, this lonely couple in the middle of nowhere, they run a sheep farm. Something strange happens to one of their sheep. It gives birth to a baby. That's sort of a chimera. So it's, Ooh. it's so, so it, it sort of slowly creeps in on it. And then suddenly they show it and it's like, a lamb's head and a baby's butt. And it's like, what is happening? Okay. And then they sort of fall in love with it, take it as their own. There's something else lurking around. And then the brother, and, then about. The, and their brother comes home, which sort of throws a, necessarily a hitch into it. And it just get it's fucking weird. And it's great. And I, I enjoyed it a lot. And the ending is like, whoa, okay. You know? And so highly recommended. So, cool. Yeah, I recommend Lamb, highly recommend Card Counter, and highly recommend Only Murders in the Building. Yep, Steph, you could you could have a very nice day with Gremlins <laughs> 2 and Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> very different tones, but yeah. Yep. yeah. Cool. Uh, Steph, well, what I got you, a couple uh, things. You um, on? I just, it just came out on New Year's Eve, um, a new Harlan Coben Netflix series. Stay close. Yes, uh, I've heard close. about this. What's it called? Stay close. Um, okay. Yes, it was very good. <laughs> um, it had, uh, um, well, it's kind of about uh, a woman with a shady past that she's gotten away from, but it's come back to haunt her. One of those, you know, I mean, there's some um, tropes in it that <clears throat> that are in a lot of Harlan Coben's things, but um, but it's enjoyable, <laughs> and and the way that it unfolds over just eight episodes, uh, the way they unfold all the twists and turns until the big one at the end, um, is enjoyable to watch. Um, I wouldn't call it, you know, masterful um, cinema or anything like that, but it's it's enjoyable. It was yeah. it was it was good, and it had my my favorite actor in it. <laughs> Yes, I have a long yes. short of it. Were you entertained? Yeah. Yes. Yes, I was. Uh, aside from Richard Armitage, I remember looking at that on IMDb, maybe last night, maybe the night before, and saw that the lead character is played by an yeah. actress named Kush Jumbo. <laughs> yeah, she's got a great name. Laugh. Great name. <laughs> Kush Jumbo. That's Good great. God, I wish I'd come up with Kush. And the, that the other lead in it is uh, James Nesbitt, who played... Um, Bofer in The Hobbit. Um, so it was fun to see Richard's character and James Nesbitt's character, you know, interact in something completely different yeah. than The Hobbit. So, so yeah, that was good. Um, and the other thing I watched cool. was the second season of Witcher. Oh, really good. Yeah, how was that? I like... Yeah. Oh, my that God. Henry Cavill. Um, <laughs> He's so pretty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely Eyes bulging out of my head. Yeah, yeah. Um anyway, it it was really good and it was more of a linear story this time. So, cuz the first season jumps around timelines a lot. 
um, to the point where you get confused. And I remember being a little pissed off about that and wasn't sure if I actually liked Witcher. And then I watched yeah. it again and I kind of like, okay, that kind of makes sense. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. There's a certain, like, I don't know, like TV shows and movies that I watch sometimes. Like, I think I liked it. I just really wish I didn't have to consult the Wikipedia yeah. page afterwards yeah. to confirm some stuff. Cause it's like, you're, you failed somewhere. Yeah. You know, if you that, have to... if that's the case. And so there was like, there was a, yeah, there's a film last year. I think I called the night house with Rebecca Hall. I really liked it, but it's like, I think I got it. And it's like, kind of check the Wikipedia mm-hmm. page. I'm like, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I got it. I got it. And so, but it's like, yeah. ah, try a little harder, but anyway. no, that's all right. Sorry. Yeah. Didn't mean to interrupt you. Man, that Rebecca Hall. Sorry. She was at hey, uh, Hamlet the night I went. She was sitting in front of us. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Thumbs so, Witcher season two. Thumbs up. Cool. Steph, oh, you watched yeah. Power of the Dog yet? <laughs> okay. Now. That was uh that was an interesting maybe maybe we do a podcast on Power of the Dog. I that think was that might be a good movie. idea. That was an interesting film. So Okay, okay. Got somebody it. write that down. <laughs> I was okay. about to say, there's a lot to talk about, but at the end of the day, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I was kind of like that, it. too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely respect the artistry and all the good performances that were in it and everything else, but at the end of the day, I was just kind of like, <laughs> wow. You yeah, because yeah, the kid's a bit of a weirdo, and I think it was yeah. his plan all along. Yeah, but anyway. I think so, too. Spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> <laughs> Save it for the other podcast! <laughs> anyway, so, okay. Um, no, Any, anything no. else? Okay, cool. All right, so I have a very, I do this a lot, but a very soft recommendation, something I wanted to love so bad that I'm going to put other people on it and maybe <laughs> they'll love it. But it is a it is a novelette, kind of a 130 pager sort of thing. And it's called The Big Meat. And it's by a guy named Carlton Mellick III. So the basic gist is uh, that there's a kaiju. Like imagine Godzilla twice as big. Right. Was finally brought down after years of just destroying the earth, right? They couldn't get, they find the way they do it is they finally get uh, warheads equipped with drills to, to go in and blow his head off, right? Okay. okay. So then in Seattle, the creature goes down and there is a cleanup effort. And in, you blue. Yeah. Right. So basically, <laughs> the first half of the movie is a procedural where this new person is going on the gut crew. And they have to go inside the creature, who's, of course, it's like a whole big city in and of itself. So they gave the monster a colonoscopy. Right. Got and, it. And, and clean it out. Right. There. Okay. Right. So that they, uh, uh, and of course, there are other things inside the monster that, that'll get you. And there are hookworms and all sorts of other giant oh, stuff neat. that'll get you. But then it takes a real hard right turn about page 75 and turns into something else. And the first half was like a really good procedural. And I really wanted that to continue. I wanted that to go on for another 200 pages. I would have, I would have loved a Armageddon style, just a team of, a team of people figuring out how to solve problems after there's a giant cave, which happens at one point, right? Oh, we need to dig out through the guts and get here. But what ends up happening is it turns into a, a, part of the monster's DNA is used for, used to make a drug. And so all these, all these uh, uh, druggies are inside trying to get the drugs and then they get stuck and kind of become part of the monster and it turns into this kind of whole other thing that okay. I didn't dig as much. But the first half, I read the book in one day. It okay. was it was a, the first half I give high marks. To. Okay. Have you ever read uh, Les Simmons' Gila? Gila. Uh-uh. Gila with an exclamation point. No. It's this, it's one of these, those like monster books that came out in the early 80s and it's uh, the tale of giant radioactive Gila monsters running amok in New Mexico. <laughs> and the 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 prose to describe the attacks is wonderful and brilliant and gross and riveting and awesome. But then every time there is a monster attack, the lead science lady in charge would kind of show up, boy, this is terrible, and then go back to the hotel with her boyfriend and fuck their eyeballs <laughs> out. Okay? Okay. So it's like monster rampage. Porno. Porno. <laughs> Monster Rampage Ugh. porno. It's amazing. And I, actually, <laughs> I didn't know where you were going. No, with this. no, it's like one of my favorite reads of all time. It's a very quick read. And like I said, it's like, like I said, it's this giant kaiju rampage with this, it's very Japanese, is what I'm saying, but it's not. It was written it was like this 
It's like I said, it's set in New Mexico, and I, I cannot recommend this novel enough. I think you can get it cheap, digital downloads or whatever now, but because mm-hmm. before it was like you kind of had to try to find it. I think I paid way too much for it when I found it. Somebody recommended it to me. It's like, that yeah. sounds awesome. And it was. <laughs> and it was. So, but yeah, it's like, it's like, ooh, Rampage, 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 left turn. It's like, and then suddenly it turns like, Dear Penthouse Magazine. I was a lonely <laughs> biology professor in New Mexico when <laughs> this hot native dude. <laughs> I didn't think this could happen to me. And it's uh, like, oh, wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> so, All right. So and, I highly recommend that too. And the last thing I want to throw out there. Steph, have you seen no, Spider-Man I No Way Home? I can't find a movie theater around me. <laughs> when that's oh, open, no. they're all closed. Well. Okay. Well, I, that's probably smart. I'm going to recommend the ending, without spoiling it too hard, I'm going to recommend the ending of Spider-Man No Way Home, where basically everything that had slightly bothered me about Spider-Man in the MCU they basically picked me up sat me down said we're going to fix it and then they fixed it it, and at the end peter parker is indeed spider-man he's not tony stark's little buddy he's not iron man jr he's not a member of the avengers he's not a high school weirdo kid he is friggin peter parker and spider-man and it was the best it was the best and i have listened to a few podcasts where they're like what was that ending about i didn't think that was very good what was that it's like you are missing the (laughs) entire point of the character slate magazine the new york times all of them were just like well the ending was kind of it's like what are you talking about that is the best ending i was a puddle i was in tears at the end of that movie it was a tear factory and i could not stop let me ask you this though do you think that reset was also because do you think Sony's going to take it back? What I was worried they were going to do, and they didn't do this stuff, so it was as good, is just take him out of the MCU completely. Okay. Right? I thought they were going to, like, Doctor Strange will have to do a thing, and all of a sudden he's just not there and can't okay. interact with, you know, oh, uh, sure, the new Captain sure, America. Sure. Right? I thought that's where they were going to go, and they okay. didn't do that, and that was a giant relief. Yeah. But yes, I think it was... I think it was a compromise. I think it was the best of all possible scenarios. I think it could have gone one way, could have gone another way. And what we got was friggin' Spider-Man at yep, the end yep. who gets to go and be Spider-Man. And it's the best. Almost and I love it. Almost the Sinister Six. Almost. Oh, not so quite. Someone was arguing that Peter Parker was actually the sixth member of the Sinister <laughs> Six. I'm like, ah, screw you. <laughs> That's not right either. They just should have brought in someone else. Yeah. But anyway, I highly I'm recommend. i all those multiverse villains. Like, part of me yeah. is like, kind of beneath like bring in someone we haven't met yet yeah you know but but whatever that would have been fun but uh um, (laughs) i am the pig (laughs) i I also want to say just uh uh, at one point during the i went and saw it with my with my family my daughter from college leans over and goes and just whispers uh um willem dafoe goes (laughs) as hard as hell (laughs) i'm like what are you talking about and then i said it's like Holy hell, he does. He does. <laughs> Man, Willem Dafoe is yeah. just on fire in yeah. this movie. And I know it's the sixth highest person movie I, I of all time. It doesn't got, need my help. Yeah. But I highly recommend it. It was just exactly what I the kinda, doctor ordered. kind of got lucky because kind of had some suspicions on some things, but really didn't get spoiled on anything. Yeah. And so, you know, who shows up and whatever. And it, but it, it was, that was fun. And again, and, we won't, maybe we'll talk about it later, but I don't want to spoil anything yet. But again, I, I think the whole country's me. seen it by now. Yeah, and they use Benedict Cumberbatch in such a great <laughs> said, way. Sorry, Steph. Yeah. They, they use Benedict Cumberbatch in such a great way. Yeah. He's not overused. He's not underused. He gets some great yeah. lines. He gets a fight with Spider-Man. Yeah. And the Doctor Do- Strange fights Spider-Man. And, the, the, and the, uh, the setup for his film is like, oh, oh yay, can't, can't wait. Yep. Can't ship. Yep, can't wait. So, anyway. Spider-Man Far From Home, or uh, No Way Home, not that it needs my recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> but, dude, Definitely. I was a puddle. I was, yeah. a, I was, I was, I was just, uh, yeah, That was pretty good. It was very good. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for, uh, for listening to us. <laughs> Go on about Gremlins too. No if... more poop jokes, I promise. <laughs> and no. No more I don't... poop stories, either. I don't, I promise. <laughs> Your time's coming. Yeah, you know, if uh, if you have any uh, any feedback for uh, the episode on Grimmel and Sue, we would love to hear it, and we will be back in a couple weeks. So thanks everyone for listening. been listening to the atomic weight of cheese where cult cinema is real life and real life is frequently cult cinema you can visit our website at theatomicweightofcheese.com follow us on twitter at awoc podcast 
See us on Facebook at facebook.com slash atomicweightofcheese or shoot us an email at atomicweightofcheese at gmail.com. We love your feedback.